if there's anything that I learned from Colorado that was really reinforced, it's that I am in no position to decide how people in Colorado should be investing. Hello and welcome again to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. In June, Chris attended the Mountain Connect Rural Broadband Conference in Vail, Colorado. In addition to enjoying some beautiful scenery, Chris had the opportunity to touch base with local, state, and national colleagues. In this interview, Chris took a few moments to describe the event for us. He shared his impressions, what he learned from friends at the conference, and interesting developments in Colorado. Longmont, Montrose, and Centennial have all decided to take back local authority through referendum. Chris reflects on the state law and how it has influenced connectivity in Colorado. Events like Mountain Connect bring together the people who will learn the most from each other's experiences. Springfield, Massachusetts and Mount Vernon, Washington will each be hosting broadband conferences this fall. Details are available from the presentation tag on muninetworks.org. Now let's hear about Chris's experience in Vail. How's it going, Chris? Hey, Lisa. So what you been up to lately? I uh, just got back from Colorado. Colorado. What were you doing in Colorado? I was there for a broadband event. I know it may, it may be surprising to you, but uh, I went to Colorado and I didn't really spend any time outside. I uh, was there at a wonderful event called Mountain Connect. Right. Yes. And I think that was in Vail, wasn't it? Yes. Vail, Colorado. My, my first trip to this wonderful resort town um, came at a, a time in the summer when there was not a lot of snow left, but there was a lot of great people around talking about uh, access to the internet in Colorado. So do they always have this conference there? Why do they have this conference in Vail, Colorado? This is my first time attending it. I've known about this event for a while and I've always wanted to go. It's a real interesting group of folks. And it's in Vail because it's it's an event that really draws a lot of people from the mountains. It's the Mountain Connect Conference. And in a lot of Colorado, people have really poor access to the internet, particularly in the mountains. So they come together in Vail during the off season to, to talk about what they can do and they invite the, the big carriers, but really it's a show that's a, or a discussion more among the, the communities, county economic development officials, and the local carriers that, that really want to invest in the areas. You know, CenturyLink and Comcast will show up, but they're not really interested in doing anything to improve those towns. They're just there because they need to be there so they can try and pretend that they're doing a good job. There's this interesting development where Comcast has been providing transit to the city of Glenwood Springs. And that's a typical customer-client kind of um, arrangement. And in their presentation, Comcast, I think, wanted some bonus points for uh, working with Glenwood Springs. And so they they called it a partnership, Uh which led to me to quip that I partnered with ExxonMobil to get there. (laughs) I went there to the filling station and ExxonMobil was kind enough to give me back some fuel for some money. And I got up there. Um, But we, yeah, I mean, Comcast was there and and I don't want to, I don't want to run them down um, or CenturyLink down. The simple thing, fact is that these are companies that have a fiduciary responsibility Responsibility to their shareholders to make uh, you know as much money as possible, basically, which is the system that we live in, and that doesn't involve investing a whole lot into rural Colorado, and I can respect that. I just I wish that that those big companies would respect the fact that others do need to make that investment and would get out of the way. 
So I understand there's something going on in a town called Steamboat Springs in Colorado. What's that all about? Uh, from what I understand, Steamboat Springs created a carrier neutral uh, location for different carriers to come together. In our podcast last week with Hunter Newby, we talked about these sorts of carrier neutral spaces and that sort of thing. And I don't want to get into it too much. People should definitely listen to that show if you want to get a sense of why that's important. But it's interesting, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens in Steamboat Springs over time as they have this facility where anyone can come and connect into other, each other's networks and that sort of thing, rather than making it difficult for a local uh, ISP to build the network and then find a way of getting its traffic out to the wider internet. One of the things that we see out of Colorado is there's a lot of local innovation. There's a lot of different approaches. One of the interesting things that we're seeing out of Colorado is that there's a lot of local experimentation. So Longmont's going ahead with this gigabit network. They're not delivering video services, or at least not television services by a set-top box type of thing. They're, they're allowing people to do over-the-top and selling a very affordable, very fast connection. Uh, Centennial in the Denver region uh, is looking at what it can do. Um, they passed a referendum already to be able to take back their authority. And in Montrose, which we did a podcast with as well, they've also passed a referendum and are looking at what they can do with experiments. So there's a lot of local experimentation, I think, in Colorado that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And there's some great collaborations that are coming out of Mountain Connect. There's uh, these groups that we've we talked with people in Southwest Colorado and Cortez and uh, Rick Smith. And then there's also Dr. Rick Smith. Who, right. I know you've talked with him right. a number of times, and mm -hmm. we had to. We always have to be careful which Rick Smith we're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Dr. Rick Smith got an award at this event because of this great collaboration that they've developed to build this open access network in the Southwest. It was a, it was a very exciting time, and there's a lot of really good people there and some some interesting business models. So, I think. That's the kind of coordination that, that more states should be doing. Mm -hmm. And and we should see other states um, have these sorts of events that are really more freewheeling and open. And so it's a real credit to those who organized it. As far as conversation goes, did anyone bring up the Quest Law? Yes. The, the Quest Law came up quite a bit. Um, in fact, just about every presentation had somebody asking about this bill, um, this law from 2005, I believe. It's called SB 152, and mm -hmm. generally that's how people referred to it as 152 or SB 152. But it's a law that's actually it's a bit um, ambiguous in terms of what it means. So people have different opinions, but it was Quest's attempt, Quest, the company that is now CenturyLink, their attempt to make sure they didn't have to face any competition from local governments. Not because local governments compete unfairly, but because Quest fundamentally didn't want to deal with competition from anyone. So they made it their mission to try and make it really hard for local governments to build networks. And when the law passed, it resulted in local governments not being able to do anything. Even if you remember uh, Longmont, they had to pass a referendum just to use fiber that they already owned to use that and to, to offer connections and services to existing companies mm -hmm. that really needed a better option. Well, local governments can take back their authority with a referendum. Right. That's what they did in Centennial yes. not long ago. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I mentioned that earlier. And so that's, that's nice. It's, it's a, you know, the, the Quest law has a, a ability for local governments to reassert their rights and to not be hobbled by it. But it's very clear that, that this law has already prevented 
many local governments from investing in the kind of connections that are needed for uh, better economic development, higher quality of life, and that sort of thing. And it's also reduced in more stress in terms of partnerships and figuring out what a local government can do to partner with a local company or a cooperative to expand access. So it's, the law has had it's exactly its intended effect. It's prevented communities in Colorado from having better internet access, and it's allowed Quest to keep a whole bunch of customers while not investing in better networks for them. In terms of state government, are they only doing things that are restricting local authority? Are they only hurting communities? You know, I don't want to give the impression that, that Colorado uh, is only getting in the way of the local governments and local communities. One of the things that you and I have both done, Lisa, is we've looked at states across the country. And, and how many states would you say are doing something that's really interesting and innovative and really helping to solve our problem in the United States? Not many. Yes, very <laughs> few. I mean, the fact that when a state does anything that's not bad, I think we get very excited about right, it. Right, yeah. Well, I learned some of the things that Colorado is doing that are very intelligent and things that other local, other state governments should learn from. Like what? So, for instance, we talked about Dr. Rick Smith, mm -hmm. and Rick Smith, not a doctor, mm -hmm. but also a very clever man, mm -hmm. he, they built this network in southwest Colorado. Well, they were able to do it because they got substantial assistance from Colorado, the state, from the Department of Local Affairs, DOLA. DOLA has a really wonderful policy of basically recognizing that communities need better access to infrastructure, and that the communities themselves are best poised to figure out how to do it. So rather than DOLA basically saying, you all need to do this, and you need to do it that way, and this is the best approach, and we're going to tell you how it is, and we're really smart because we work for the state. Instead, they say, and this was in the presentation, you come up with a plan, you bring it to us, mm -hmm. we think it's reasonable, we'll do it. We're not going to tell you how to structure it. We recognize that, that you have a better sense of what's happening on the ground. And so I think this approach from DOLA has been wonderful. They work with uh, regional groups of counties and that sort of thing. And they have this process where they uh, take proposals and they can help fund them and they require a local match and that sort of thing. But fundamentally, this is a locally driven process. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of states really need to learn from that rather than thinking that just because they work for the state, they know a lot better than local government officials. Right. So you moderated a panel there, and you made an announcement about the Coalition for Local Internet Choice. That's right. Tell Click. us a little bit about it, yeah, right? We're, we're clicking right along. So the Coalition for Local Internet Choice is something that, that came about in part as a response to these sorts of things like SB 152, the Quest Law, which says... The, makes a hurdle for local governments that want to invest in themselves. But with Chairman Wheeler's comments coming out so strongly in support of restoring local authority to communities and removing these sort of state barriers, we thought it was really important to, to rush full speed ahead. So Chairman Wheeler has been leading on this, and we're very supportive of that. Click's role will be to make sure that people understand what the discussion is about. The discussion is not whether or not local governments should be building networks. The question is who should decide. Right. Because they know better. The exactly. ones who live there know better. If there's anything that I learned from Colorado that was really reinforced, it's that I am in no position to decide how people in Colorado should be investing, mm -hmm. whether they should be bonding for internet infrastructure to work with a partner, or whether they should be working with a partner a different way, or whether they should just be building their own network. I don't know that. And nobody in uh, the, the capital of any state really knows that for every community. Mm -hmm. And so this decision should be made by them. 
Vail was awesome. Are you going to take your wife and go on a vacation there? <laughs> well, Vail was And you lovely. are going to be uh, this is a recorded for this will be public. So <laughs> so if she's listening, she'll have to she's she's got her evidence right here. Well, Colorado's setting a great example, it sounds like, and you know, hopefully other states will learn from what they're doing. Yes, I think so, I mean, and I think is, one of the things that you and I will do over the summer is elevate up some of these lessons that we're learning from Colorado and hoping that others take notice and follow along. Sounds great. Don't forget to check out our stories on Longmont, Montrose, and Centennial on muninetworks.org for more details. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at CommunityNets. Thank you again to Waylon Thornton for the music. The song is called Bronco Rump, and it's licensed using Creative Commons. Have a great day. <laughs>